Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, they talking all of this. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. And this week joining me, we have a two-man power trip. I don't think we knew it was gonna be a two-man power trip until <laughs> moments ago. Um I am with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo, the ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Uh, before we get it's into the amazing show, that it's amazing that we had a four man show. <laughs> <and that laughs> down yeah, I, I for a minute I thought it might be down to one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, daddy calls for both for both guys. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I don't know about that yet. But uh, if you haven't yet. Subscribe on iTunes and please leave a five star rating and review. Um, be- before we get into the the show, into any wrestling stuff, I do have a couple. Uh, obviously, I've talked about this on the show before the the whole Uber Eats business venture that I've been doing <laughs> at nights and on the weekends. I do have a couple stories. Would you prefer for me to? tell them now or would you rather me wait till we have the rest of the crew on the show to be part of the storytelling uh i i, I speak for other guys i know they're going to hear this so we could wait all right i'll hold off on it for now then uh, i do have a, it, a couple if, good if ones, it if it involves fourth street then you could tell me <laughs> not it's not fourth street no <laughs> okay <laughs> um all right so the first thing i want to mention uh, did you see the XFL team names and logos that were released today? Uh, I glanced at it. I didn't really pay it m- much attention. So there's not much to pay attention to. Uh, it basically looks to me like the logos and team names you would find like in Madden when you could create your own franchise. Uh huh. Like that's what it looks like to me. Just the most basic generic look. Yeah, that, that's names what it looked like. Uh, and I was wondering, am I just being a hater? Or is that pretty much like an accurate description of what this artwork looks like? Well, I'm looking at it right now, and you're you're pretty accurate. <laughs> the Seattle Dragons, the St. Louis Blackhawks, well, Battlehawks, Dallas Renegades, Houston Roughnecks, L.A. Wildcats. Uh, and is it only me that could hear Vince coming up with these names? <laughs> the Roughnecks. <laughs> the Battlehawks. The dragons, I love it. <laughs> it's good shit. Good, good shit. Uh, oh, the t- this might be my favorite. Uh, the Tampa Bay Vipers. Yeah, like it. It's just a V, right? Yeah. Yeah. It. It's. It's about <laughs> the type of like mailing it in that I expect from anything Vince McMahon is involved with. Just but, let's but just get really- him out there. But is it like, is it, but do you think it's mailing it in and phoning it at home coming from Vince? Do you really think that? Because the original XFL wasn't that much better. No, I, you're right. I, I think it's maybe it's not mailing it in as much as he's got tacky taste and he's not, he's not an artist. He's not a creator like his son in law, his doofus son in law. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, I wanted to make mention of that because as soon as I saw them, I just shook my head and laughed. And I was like, maybe it's just me. Maybe other people like these things. And I just have so much disdain for him and for this product that I would just write off no matter what they did. But I do feel a little bit vindicated in the fact that nobody's going to watch this thing. Because who was it that I saw that they signed that was like their big signing? It was some quarterback who's been out of the league for two or three years. Really? I'm interested now. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. I saw it last week or the week before. It was like their first name signing. And it was somebody who hasn't been in the league for a while. Uh, let's see. X- oh, Landry Jones. Yeah, that dude. I mean, he sucked. He was one of the worst backup quarterbacks in the league games. for the Steelers. He won a few games, though. He won a few games with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown around him. But I recall one week in an emergency fantasy football situation. Actually, I believe it was the year that I won the championship without watching a game. I picked him up for an emergency start, and he got me negative points. So I've never (laughs) forgiven him for that. And leave it to Vince McMahon to sign that guy to be their first big-name signing. Landry Jones. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that you looked that up because it would have drove me crazy. I knew it was some quarterback that was like a nobody. Uh, so maybe the biggest news of the week. Uh, NXT moves to the USA Network, I believe, on Wednesday nights, correct? Yes. To be direct competition with AEW. Uh, the first thing I'll say is NXT, I loved you a few years ago uh, more than anything. And then over the last couple years, I've become relatively indifferent towards you. And now I feel like I have to look at you as the enemy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You are basically uh, the 2019-2020 version of Nitro for me, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. So the only people – so I think there are two people. Who did I mention? Okay, so I've mentioned Jericho, obviously, as the one person who escaped my scorn – in WCW. And then also I had a soft spot for Booker T. I think my Jericho and Booker T are going to have to be Patrick Clark and Bianca Belair and I have to hate everybody else. <laughs> it's, ama- it's amazing that we got a hell of a triple threat going on between myself, AEW, and NXT on Wednesdays. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, that they're both competing with us. You're all, I guess you're all our competition, really. Uh, yeah, that didn't even uh, cross my mind. Uh but yeah, what, I what are your? Got, I I actually got uh, tickets to the me and my brother got tickets to uh, the AEW in Philly. Oh, did you really? Yeah, we got through me and him. What uh? That's what October like sixteenth or something like that. Yes, I believe so. Where are you guys sitting? I believe section one hundred and four. That's pretty good. Those are probably yeah, pretty good, good seats. Yeah. Do you mind revealing how much you guys had were set back by those seats? Well, it was mainly the fees that got that got us because the section seats were like seventy four dollars or seventy five, but the when the fee after the fees hit, it was like an extra nineteen dollars per ticket. So like Eric, they had the opportunity to get through, but the seats that were available for them were the higher level seats, and then after the fees, they would have kind of paid more for the fee, almost just about the same amount as fees as the ticket cost. Right. So the, and the they ticket is like in that half of the actual price. <laughs> yeah. So they don't want to sit in that section for that price. So right. I don't really blame them for that. But yeah, my brother was able to get through for two tickets because I was like, just shoot for it. Just get two. 
it'll be easier to get two right. instead of getting four in a row. If we get three, get through. Uh, well, congratulations on being one of the few who will see the first AEW show live in Philadelphia. I'm going in Jericho gear just for you. Good. As you should. I pre- I, I personally appreciate that. Um, so as far as NXT, first, like, what are, what are your thoughts? Cause I do have some thoughts, but like, what are your thoughts on NXT moving to USA and competing directly with AEW? Well, I think it's, well, I think it's a good, a big deal and good for the superstars because we talked about all the time how WWE, they're so like, it's like. I don't want to. I'm trying to find the words to explain it. They have this thing where, like, okay, you watch NXT, but you don't watch NXT. You know, this selective one. What they do, they think you watch it, but then again, they say, oh, oh, no, you don't. So nowadays, now, now that's going to be on on USA. That the talent that they want to bring up and possibly switch over to Raw and SmackDown, they're actually going to be on TV. The people will, the audience will actually know who they are before they um. Come come to Raw SmackDown because not, not every believe it or not not everybody had the WWE Network or was watching the network for NXT. So now that it's on TV, you have more of incentive to watch it because you don't got to pay nine 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 a month for it. So guys like Adam Cole, um, the rest of Undisputed Era, Velveteen Dream, Bianca Belair, uh, Shayna Baszler, those those people will get more recognition than what they would just staying on the WWE Network. And I think less superstars will actually fail if they do move to Raw and SmackDown because I have another point. We'll probably go more in depth about this, but like I have a kind of a question, a point that I want to talk about is this even like the considered quote unquote developmental anymore because it's going to be live. And it's a live two hour show, but I think it's a bit, I think it's a big deal. And then I'm, I'm, I'm more curious about the, um, the backstage politics about this because I don't know, like I'm sure Triple H had the, well, one first name basis, Hunter. Mm-hmm. He had to uh, kind of like really pitch this to Vince. Like, Vince, this is what is succeeding for us right now. And AEW's, AEW is coming. And this is this is what our fans really resonate. This is what, this is what those AEW fans resonate to is what the NXT product is. And if we go head-to-head with uh, – we bring NXT to USA uh, against AEW, that might be really good because they could easily move – well, actually, no, SmackDown was already set for Thursdays, but they didn't have to move NXT to USA Network. They didn't have to. So I'm I'm really interested to see what comes out with the backstage politics about it because, like I said, they didn't have to do it. And I find it really interesting, and everybody was, like, really happy about it. And even though you can say, even though you can say this is just a, um, something to, like, compete with AEW because they kind of fear them, but this is still a big deal for everybody on that roster because they're actually on national television. So... As far as like the uh, just to touch on the one thing you said about like is this even developmental anymore? Like I kind of feel like it stopped being developmental a while ago. Uh, good. Yeah, yeah, because like I, I, I had that because I, I was going to say that was my problem, but I actually changed it to, in my notes. I changed it to a concern because the whole developmental concept. But at the same time, NXT TV they would they be, they would debut you like even though. They're gonna be on on USA now. The talent that's not ready, or the talent has just got signed, they'll still work those live event loops, just just like they do now. And then you can still debut them the same way. I just, I just think we'll see less of the the matches with the people with generic music coming down and stuff like that, and that that get no reaction. And that's that, that's what I think. But I still think it'll probably still stay the same. But 
like you said, the whole developmental aspect of it, it was kind of gone a long time ago, even though they developed new characters. But you said this years years back is kind of like in the All Star game in NXT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, they're obviously like they're they're still developing young people because that's the only place to do it. But like when I fell in love with it, you had like Sasha, Becky, Bailey, and Charlotte who were all like new in WWE and they were like they grew into like the main stars of NXT. Like granted Kevin Owens, we've discussed this before, had this legendary indie career, but and so did Finn Balor. Um, so they may not be great examples, but there were a lot of people that, that we saw kind of grow up in front of our eyes, like Enzo and Cass, as much as they're like, there's a lot of derision about them now. Like they were a thing that developed right in front of our eyes. Alexa Bliss developed in front of our eyes. Carmella developed in front of our eyes. Like there were a lot of people that that happened with. And now for the past two years, maybe even a little more than that, the top of their card has mostly been people that were big names before they even got there. Yeah, and since it's on USA Network now, and if it's not considered developmental or not, I the reports were saying a few weeks ago when it does debut on USA that you might you'll probably see Raw and SmackDown superstars competing on NXT. So you have to also assume like if they do like shakeups or whatever, will NXT be considered as on the same level as a Raw and, Raw and SmackDown, or is it? seems like it's being sent down because it's still going to be live every week at full sales, not to- going to be touring live yet. But that, that that's the that's, a, that's an interesting thing because NXT does have titles and guys from Raw and SmackDown can actually show up on NXT TV. And one thing I one thing I um I am excited for is when the, if they do send guys from Raw and SmackDown to NXT to show up on NXT is Prep talks about this all the time about. A lot of times we're watching these great matches on on paper, Raw or WWE pay-per-views, but there's limited crowd reaction. But in that small arena in full sale, there's always a reaction to everything. And Prep always talks about how the reaction makes the matches for NXT what, what they are. So I'm excited to see that too, because maybe that maybe that can kind of change the crowd, the crowds in Raw and SmackDown and WWE pay-per-views. Yeah, so it's interesting because this, I actually wrote this down as you were, were talking earlier when, when you mentioned that, you know, it being on national TV and more exposure. But then that was my thought is like, you have to assume if it's going to be a TV product that Vince is probably going to be more involved than he is now. And I agree with you. That was one of the things I was going to bring up. We're probably going to see main roster superstars show up on NXT now. Do you like it to me? It just it, it will change what NXT is like almost completely, and I don't know if that's good. And here's another thing, and I don't know if you would agree with this, and I'd be curious what anyone else thinks. I almost think this might hurt WWE because, and I I don't know what the hell USA is thinking because do you really need that much WWE programming in a week, like on your <laughs> network? Because USA, I could write you a pilot that's more entertaining than anything you're seeing on those three shows on a weekly basis. Like, I, I guess maybe they like the idea of having live programming. I don't, I don't know. I, to me, it's overkill on wrestling on one network. Like, does USA want to be known as the wrestling network where 60% of the weeknights, like during the, the actual week, have wrestling on? Like, I almost think it might turn people off. 
who are just going to be flipping channels and be like, oh my god, wrestling is on again? Well, well remember, SmackDown is moving to Fox. Oh, but that's for, right. for, those, for those three weeks, it all, all three will be on USA. It just, it almost feels like it's too much wrestling that's going to be on TV. But, I, like, I understand why they did it. Do you think that this almost validates AEW a little bit? That WWE felt the need to do this? Or do you think WWE is more just like... It's not that they see it as a threat as much as like, ah, we'll, we'll screw with you just to, just to make it harder for you. Like, do, do you think they're doing this out of like desperation? We need to compete with this. Or do you think it's just like, you're going to have a hard time. We'll just make it a little harder. Well, I, I think it's, they have to say like, they kind of have to compete with this because even for the all year we've been, we've been talking about, actually it was double or nothing. When double or nothing happened, NXT TakeOver happened the week after. And I said NXT TakeOver is going to be the response to double or nothing, not whatever paper, not, not whatever WWE paper was going to happen. And we all, and everybody has to understand, AEW is not going to be WWE. Like, even though it'll probably be better than Raw and SmackDown, AEW is not into every other thing in the world like WWE is. So NXT is the only thing that can actually go kind of like, Head-to-head with AEW. So like, and, re- and remember, also, I-, I said this last week, every episode of AEW weekly show is not going to be good. Every week is not going to be good. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible. There's no TV show in the history of television where every episode was equally good. Like, it just yeah. does not happen. Yeah. Um, but, like, so I'm curious... Because obviously I've already deemed NXT as the enemy. I will not ever watch it. <laughs> uh, like, if, if you were given the choice on a Wednesday night to sit down live for two hours, if you if you didn't have the option to, to switch channels back and forth, like, which one would you watch? Um, I'll probably watch, I'll probably watch AEW because NXT will still air on the network the next day on Thursday at 8. So... And granted, I haven't watched this episode of NAC TV in a long time. Like on the take, uh, I still, I still haven't finished the previous takeover, but they showed um, in the video package of Io Shirai and Candice Michelle. I mean, Candice Michelle, Candice LeRae, <laughs> that uh, Io Shirai's um, steel cage match with Shayna Baszler. And from the the, thing, the way they chopped it up, it looked great. And I remember a few months when it happened, Eric made it said something in a group group text about it, and I still haven't watched it. But it's still going to be on the network. AEW will not have a network for maybe a year or two. So, so I can always go back to the whole NXT NXT episode if I missed anything. AEW, I'm not sure it's going to be on Hulu or or on demand. So AEW will kind of be more seen as like you have to watch and like especially for the first for the first six months to a year that it's kind of be like you might actually miss something if you don't watch a live NXT. You can always go back to on demand. So do you almost think like the way we've been trained with NXT on the network, it's it like NXT has never been something like I have to tune in like at eight on Wednesdays. Like, do you think the fact that we've been trained all this time, like we can get around to watching this whenever almost hurts it on USA because we we just kind of feel now like it's not something you have to watch live. Um. Or do you it think can't... that will entice people to watch it because it's the first time that it will be like actually airing live? It can be, but also at the same, also at the same time, this goes hand in hand with the whole everybody doesn't have the WWE Network thing. So, like, you have to assume that 
because like they have the numbers, so they know who Honey he will, will stream NXT on a weekly basis. So it might not be as many as they think that they, many as they think that they will actually get viewers. So I don't like. Let's say they get like one point to two million viewers for NXT. I don't think that many people are watching it on the network. No, and I also think like NXT. I think you have to look at it like this. There are like roughly two to two and a half million people that are tuning in to Raw every week. Like it's roughly in that range. And then like 1.7 to 2 million people watching SmackDown every week. So when I think about it, to me, those are like the the diehard fans. There's roughly 2 million people that will watch both shows every week. You know, it's not an exact measurement but i think it's pretty close yeah and i think like we know plenty of people that have the network never watch an episode of nxt and don't watch any weekly product they just able to relive whatever the hell, whatever they want to watch at any time so they like said like i don't know what the wb sub, sub, um network sub, sub, subscription count is let's say it's what uh maybe two million subscribers let's say let's say five hundred thousand actually watch nxt and you probably you can't double that on USA Network, which I think they can. Yeah, I think I just look at it like if you have two million like diehard wrestling viewers that are tuning in to both WWE shows every week, I have to assume more than half of those viewers are people who care about AEW, because to me, there's no way you're tuning into these shows every week and you don't love wrestling. Like, cause you're, I really don't think that the WWE universe anymore is like this, this big, broad group of wrestling fans. I think you are almost completely whittled down to just the diehard wrestling fan. Like the people that will go to Ring of Honor tapings when they're in their city, the types of people that will go to, or like will watch New Japan. I really think that's more than half of that audience. Are you talking about WWE or AEW? I think more than half of the WWE audience is interested in AEW. Okay. Like, maybe even, like, two-thirds of that audience. Because I think that is, like, they are down to, like, the most hardcore wrestling fans now. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what's making up most of their audience. So, what I think is, if you asked almost any diehard wrestling fan, what are you most excited about in the next year in pro wrestling they're probably going to say AEW. Like, I don't think many of them will say NXT. Some of them will. But, I like, I really don't think NXT can compete with AEW because most of the people who are interested in watching either one have already been watching NXT. And I think if given the choice, they'll lean towards AEW because it's new, because it's it's viewed as competition, because they have a lot of, like, the favorites... And because I think that as fans, I think we know that they're going to be putting in an honest effort to entertain us every week. And I think with WWE, most people are watching it because it's just a habit to watch it. It's kind of like almost people talk about this with like presidential elections. Like the the person who's going to win the election is the person who has people excited to go out and vote for them. I think AEW has viewers excited to turn on tnt and watch them so i i think that that's going to help them i'll be shocked if they don't get a million viewers on their first show wait AEW. yeah i think they will but one other thing is you talked about how 
like AEW, like they're going to actually put passion to how with like what they're doing and and how they're booking things or whatever. And WWE is just going to be like, okay, this is the formula, or okay, we got to do this. This is what we're going to do. But you're right. But we already know that WWE, I because the NXT TV tapings, because when they happened last week, they only did tapings up to I believe when they debut yeah. on USA. So you already have to know. They're going to do everything to shine that show up for the first time it goes live. So I wouldn't be shocked if you saw Undisputed Era on on Raw SmackDown next week. I wouldn't be shocked if you saw Bianca Belair, Velveteen Dream, Shayna Baszler pop up on, on Raw SmackDown and then actually get maybe you get a champion versus champion. Maybe you get Seth Rollins versus Adam Cole and you could sell that for the first show. You can get uh, Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch. On the first show, you know they're gonna do something actually to actually get you to watch it and make a and make a huge deal about it. So I already know they're gonna put their best up forward for the first few weeks, but after AEW debuts, who knows what it's gonna look like? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's their best hope is like develop, um, develop interest before AEW can get started. Yeah, yeah, they give themselves a, a, a three week head start. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I personally, I don't see why, given the choice, anyone would watch NXT over AEW unless you are, like, a hardcore just, like, I love WWE product, not pro wrestling product. Uh, so, I'll put, I'll put it this way. You, so, you, personally, you don't have the network, even though you're borrowing right. a, a, a subscription. <laughs> if, they, if, they, if, if they booked... On AEW, on AEW and NXT simulcast. Well, not simulcast, but they're on simultaneously. Right. If they book Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks, you want to watch NXT? That's a really good question. I mean, that's probably the one thing that could make me watch it. Yeah, because they're going to do things that make you want to watch. Now, I know you you're okay with Adam Cole. Adam Cole's fine to you, but yeah. Adam Cole versus Seth Rollins, people will actually jump to watch that. If they did Velveteen Dream versus, let's say, Sami Zayn or something, I know you'll be all in for that. You know, they're, they're going to do things to tug on your strings and actually get you to watch it. So it's like, oh, shit, now i got to watch this. But, but but mind you, you don't have the network, so it's a little bit, you're borrowing a subscription, so it's a little bit different than right. somebody like, oh, I'll just watch it tomorrow. I guess, so the other thing is this, is they they definitely could do little things like that or big things like that that would make me say, okay, I feel like I need to see that. Uh, because there are a few people, so it's funny, uh, Eric told me to go back and listen to the unsanctioned episode I did with Richie, because he said he had listened to it not too long ago and said he really enjoyed it. So I went back and listened to it, and one of the things that Richie was talking about was how nobody is really selling pay-per-views anymore, nobody is really a draw in WWE anymore, WWE, the brand, is the draw. Yeah. And we had we had a big conversation about that. So there are, though, a few people, a handful of people that I kind of put above WWE. Like, I might have disdain for WWE, but there are a couple people that I place higher than that. Like, Sasha being one of them. As I said, uh, Velveteen Dream and Bianca Belair being two of those people. Like, there are a handful of people that I care about more than I dislike WWE. So they yeah. could do things like that to make me say, okay, I need to see that. But they also would need to consistently provide me a reason to watch to get me to continue to watch. Like, you could give me Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair one time, and I'd be like, okay, let's watch that. 
but you have to do something to keep me around other than just when you do those things. Like, if, if you're just telling me, like, level playing field, like, it's just a standard NXT show and a standard AEW show, a hundred times out of a hundred, I'm going to be more interested in the AEW show. So I don't know, like, how many of those rabbits can WWE pull out of their hat to, like, keep, like, making yeah. it a big deal? Like, how many of those could they really do? Yeah, and that's why that and that's why that head start is kind of seen as something. Now, something something I personally want have wanted NXT to do, but it will kind of overshadow the current NXT superstars. Is and they kind of do. I know one takeover. I think it was. I can't remember. I know. I knew it was a takeover Brooklyn. I'm not. I don't remember which one. But I've been adamant about a takeover a NXT Homecoming. So like some of the best people from NXT, like Kevin Owens, just pop up for pop up and just do something. Seth Rollins, like an alumni night. Yeah, like WWE does every fucking month with, yeah. <laughs> with the Undertaker right. and Bill. So I want to see what the difference is, but that would kind of overshadow the, the current NXT superstars. But I think that would actually get some intrigue. Like I said, like Seth Rollins is the current Universal Champion. Have him face off with Adam Cole, you know, Shayna Baszler, Becky Lynch. Just have him go face to face, you know. I, and with that head start, I think they can actually sell like an NXT Homecoming for October six. Um, for October 4th or whatever AEW does debut on Fox. I mean, TNT. Yeah, I guess the the unfortunate part for NXT is like how can as a wrestling fan, how could you not root for AEW? Yeah. Like cuz if NXT succeeds on Wednesday nights, it probably means AEW won't. Like I really think it might be that simple. Yeah, and it also it takes it like it goes back to the whole Monday Night Wars thing cuz even though WWE, like like you, like you just talked about how Richie said that WWE is is the selling point, wrestling is at a high point again. It's just the fact that there's wrestling everywhere. It's just not in these two companies. And NXT being live now, that will take some viewership away from AEW. So it might be like NXT wins this, NXT wins this week. AEW wins this week. It's going to fluctuate a little bit. But it takes away viewers from AEW. I think that's what WWE once in the long run. Yeah, I just, I still find, like, I'll be really surprised if AEW isn't regularly winning the ratings because I really think, like, I, I just think wrestling fans almost have, like, a point to prove to WWE. Like, you're, you're not all there is. And I think there are a lot of people like me who will defiantly just go against them because it's the first time you really have a chance to go against them. Like, you could talk about the indies all you want, but, like, watching Ring of Honor wasn't hurting WWE. Watching New Japan was never hurting WWE. If you're investing your time and your dollars in AEW, there's a chance that in a couple years that will directly be hurting WWE. I guess it all remains to be seen, and maybe this NXT thing will be a thing that kind of holds AEW back, but... And you know what? If nothing else, it, it it makes for an interesting story over the next six months to a year to see how it plays out. Um, but night one, so night one that AEW and NXT are going head to head. Is there anything NXT could do to get you to watch it live over AEW? Like I said, the whole the whole like NXT. Well, I have the network too, so like, and I don't have a problem switching back and forth because, like I said, everything on AEW. 
isn't going to be great. And that's what everybody has to accept. I understand that everybody's excited for something new and different to come, but we need to stop acting like every week's going to be fantastic because it's not. But like I said, like the whole NXT alumni thing, I'll be into that. And if you advertise something that's like a first time ever, champion versus champion or something like that, I'll, gl- I'll gladly watch. But I'm not sure how the, rating, how the ratings will actually come out if I just flip back and forth. Because let's I'm, say, I already let's know. say it's 7.59, Wednesday, October 2nd. Like, and you have the remote in your hand. And, like, is there anything NXT could do to make you flip to USA instead of TNT at 7.59 on Wednesday, October 2nd? Or are you definitely tuning in live to AEW? Is there anything NXT could do to make you tune into USA for NXT? At uh, that moment, like the opening of both shows. Oh, opening both shows, I'm turning to AEW. And there's nothing WWE can do to, to change o- that. At, at 759, at straight, I'm just turning to AEW first because, like, I know what NXT setup looks like. I'm not shocked. Like, that's not going to surprise me. Even though I'll probably flip back and forth, there's nothing NXT is going to do differently. Well, NXT won't look, really look any different. If it does, it does. But that'll come out in the weeks, the weeks right. to come. But... I'm interested to see what they. I don't know if they're going to use the AEW's going to use the same stage they've been using for their show so far. We already know AEW's AEW's um camera camera quality has been really good. It looks better than I expected. Thank God it isn't like Ring of Honor or anything. Ring of <laughs> Honor or New Japan looks like. I'm glad about that. But yeah, I'm interested to see. I want to see who's going to open this segment. I want to see what's going to happen in the. Oh, I want to see who's going to talk first. I want to see what Brandy's wearing. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm. All into AEW at 739. How about Brandy being uh, on Instagram with Candace Patton today? Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> is, don't, tell me, don't tell me AEW is already getting thirsty for the celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't they do are. it yet. All Elite Wrestling, you cannot do that yet. Yeah, Candace beat her in a hula hoop contest. I was like, yeah. oh my god. I did see that. Um, Alright, so... And I'd assume most people are in the same boat as you and I, that like... No matter what, on that opening night, we're tuning into AEW no matter what. I think yeah. most people probably feel the same way. Uh, getting into a little main roster stuff. Sasha Banks, is she back? Yes. <laughs> the boss is back. Yes. So I did see, uh, I didn't see, was there an actual interview? Because all I saw was a clip of her look into the camera and say, you're welcome. Well, what happened was she was supposed to be on King's Court, mm-hmm. but Which the Fiend attacked King. For obvious reasons, yes. <laughs> yeah, the Fiend attacked King. So she so she did an interview, a side-by-side with Cole, and she was talking about Cole acts with the internet, what the internet was buzzing about you, and Sasha just started talking about her hair because <laughs> it's blue now. Mm-hmm. And then when Cole asked Sasha about what she did to Natty and Becky Lynch, Sasha just looked to the camera it looked upset and got, got aggr- looked aggravated and just said, you're welcome. And then I'm, did you see what happened later in the night too? Yeah, she attacked and it, Natty and had uh, the killer line of yes. go to hell Natty and like tell your dad I said hi or whatever it yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, the ball is back. <laughs> yeah, and it was like a vicious beating too. Yeah. Like closed her injured arm in the in the cabinet and I think slammed yeah. her head into the, into the, the drawer. Yeah, that yeah that made me excited. Um, and how was she looking? Good. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm happy to see that. Okay, granted, it's only been two weeks, and it's only been like a very limited amount of time. 
But this already feels different to me than anything Sasha has done on the main roster in quite some time. Yes. Probably the best thing she's done. Because we haven't had heel Sasha Banks. No, we've gotten like little like teases of it here and there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Corey Graves has been talking about it for a long time. But... <laughs> I was mad at Miss Raw. <laughs> I'm mad, but I'm not because he's he's in Jamaica with Carmella. <laughs> oh, good for him. Um, Very good for him. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to see like how the rest of 2019 plays out for Sasha. Does she get like the big? I mean, I don't want to say push, but. Does she become a champion again by the end of 2019? Is she, like, is her story by the end of 2019 still something that, like, social media is talking about and buzzing about? Or is this going to be another thing that in two weeks we're like, oh, well, I guess that was fun while it lasted? I don't know. Do you have, like, faith that it has staying power? Yeah, I have faith in it because, remember, she just came back and, uh, Whatever the reports were, they were saying she was how, how, she, how angry she was or whatever. But she's but the real but the real boss back now, and she's actually in an important feud, and she hasn't been title scene in a, the, the main title scene in a while, and it's in a new feud against Becky Lynch, and she, and she fi- she's finally heel again. So there's actually some intrigue in it, and I expected to win the women's title from Becky Lynch because there's there's no there's nobody else for Becky to face or or for Becky to drop the title to. Like we talked about before. Um, SummerSlam about the Lacey Evans feud, even though they tried to make it important, it didn't feel important. Nat, even though Natty was a, was a was a step down because it wasn't working the main event main event of pay per view, it working with Natty put her at a higher level than working with Lacey Evans. And now Sasha working with Sasha, it's going to put her at an even higher level. So Becky Becky will even might be back at that high point that she was uh, when she first became the man. Do you think we see them main event a show at no. some point? No. Okay. Um... Charlotte back uh, in the women's Shoe-hole. title picture. Shoe-hole Shocking, Charlotte. right? <laughs> who who could have predicted that? No. Are you in- interested at all? No, no, I'm not. Like how could it, how could anybody be at this point? I'm not. I, I was like again. How many times? How many times do I have to see this? Like I do appreciate Ember Moon getting the getting the push going into SummerSlam, but. To go immediately right back to Charlotte, because Charlotte did beat Ember Moon last week on SmackDown, but to go directly back to Charlotte, I wasn't like, I wasn't a fan of it because how how many times are we gonna we we gonna get this? Like, and granted, the SmackDown women's the women's division roster is, is pretty pretty weak for the most part, name name recognition wise, but like, I I, I don't need to see Charlotte against um, Bailey again. I don't. Uh, no, I, I don't know why anybody would feel the need to see it. It was funny when she did push her. I did laugh at that. <laughs> I didn't even, how bad I didn't it even was. see it. I just saw on social media that Charlotte was number one contender, and I'm just like, of, of course. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. she challenged her on um, a moment of bliss. Yeah, that does not make me the least bit interested. Like, Ember Moon winning the title would have piqued my interest, or if Ember Moon, like, was getting another shot. Because I know right afterwards, Ember Moon, like, tweeted at Bailey, like, we should we should do this again. And I was like, okay, maybe this will be a thing, but it, it clearly it wasn't. Uh, I don't have much else to say about Charlotte. I, I feel like I've talked as much about Charlotte as I can. I don't know that I'll ever have any new thoughts on her. <laughs> nope. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, so the revival and Randy Orton, uh, butting heads with the new day. I have to say, and you know, everyone knows I'm not the biggest fan of Randall Orton. Um, but this actually more than anything else in WWE, it feels like a feud. Like this feels like a, like a story that you can't help but feel some investment in. Like it almost feels like an old school and maybe even old school is like more of a dramatic way to put it than it needs to be put. But there's actually like emotion and feeling in this. And there's, is there anything else really that, that feels that way? Like they, they break Xavier Woods leg and then Kofi comes out and, and tries to break Randy's leg. If it, it felt to me almost like, so obviously I was a kid when the feud I'm about to bring up happened. So it felt different because I like believed it for real, but it's almost like they're capturing a little bit of that feeling from like a few, like macho man and Ricky, the dragon steamboat where like you get upset about the way one person has injured an, a person that you like, or that you cheer for, you know, we saw at SummerSlam Kofi's emotions get the best of them. And then we see him kind of come out really fired up against Randy this week I feel like this is something that you actually can't help but get invested in because it feels like a really good rivalry. Uh, do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, hands down. Like, even the, the promo Oregon kind of SmackDown, referring back to the whole stupid thing, how stupid thing, I thought that was really good. And even on Raw, like, when Raw, when the Revival hit the flap jacket to the RKO, like, I literally jumped off the, jumped off the couch. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that at all. Like, I thought that, I thought – the heat was actually really good that the revival Randy Orton got got from the audience, and then the fact that, like you said, Kofi tried to retaliate on Randy on SmackDown that was that was even a plus. Yeah, and it's it's so funny how like basic logical storytelling works, where these guys hurt your friend, and now you're angry and you want to get back at them, and like as a viewer, you understand that emotion and can get invested in it. It's very simple. It's nothing complicated. It's nothing new, but it works. It makes you feel something as a viewer, and you want to see it unfold. And I like to me, I think. So I think I was the one maybe highest on the way their match ended at SummerSlam, only because I felt obviously this was leading to something else. But what I said that night was this has to lead to something important. If they just had a double count out and it doesn't build to anything towards Kofi that's more important than this, then it was a waste of a match. I already feel like they're paying off that story that they told on the night of SummerSlam. Like, we see Kofi lose his cool. We see him be a little more violent than we've seen him be before. Now Randy, along with the Revival, has like upped the stakes even more and we've seen Kofi respond to that. So, like, this story has really gone forward in the last couple weeks. And that makes me excited uh, for what's for what's next with the two of them. And I think I even read something that their their feud is going to go through October. Yeah, which, hell in a cell. Which, to me, that, like, that, even, that makes me excited, too. The only thing is, like, Kofi better be the champion at the end of it. Because <laughs> if, he's, if he's not, if he's not, I don't know what the hell you're even doing anymore. Uh-huh. Like, there's, there's just no reason to have Randy Orton be your champion after this. Like, there's nothing he's going to gain from it. 
There's nothing your company's going to gain from it. The fans are not going to be happy with it unless you're like a stand for Randy Orton. I see no reason to do that. Are you worried that Randy is the champion at the end of this, or do you think no matter what, it's going to be Kofi? I'm, I'm interested because what they did to the Revival, I was think the Revival did end up challenging the New Day to the tag titles for Clash of Champions, but I'm not, even though we just saw it, I'm interested to see if they'll do a six-man tag with all the titles on the line. Because that, that could be a way to get the New Day to retain all their titles and you can actually get the final match inside Hell in a Cell. And Kofi doesn't specifically have to pin Randy. So it also protects Randy, Randy too. And then there'll be no pinfall on that feud between the two and you'll get the final pill for Hell in a Cell. But I don't know if they'll go right back to a, a match with winner take all right away. Right. Uh, and one of the things I appreciated on social media after this transpired was uh xavier tweeted ftr and then (laughs) randy or the revival i don't remember who it was they had the hashtag ftrko which i was like you know what i gotta tip my hat to you that's pretty good (laughs) (laughs) ftrko i i can't help but but appreciate that hashtag randy Orton is excellent on social media i'll I'll give you that right now did you see his wife rko him in the beach i did (laughs) i think i saw it because you posted it yeah, it's so good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm actually like more interested in this than I was before SummerSlam. Which, for everybody being disappointed about it at SummerSlam, it's kind of cool that it's probably even more engaging now than it was going into SummerSlam. And to me, that tells you a lot about where this could possibly go. Um, I don't have a lot else in my notes uh, from the weekly stuff. I did want to talk about The Fiend. Obviously, we mentioned he attacked Jerry Lawler. So, a couple weeks ago, I was a little bit worried about every time he comes out, you get the same. It just looks the same. The, The noises start. The lights start going out. It goes to, like, the wide shot of the ring, and it looks exactly the same every time. And I was like, oh, how like how long before we get tired of this exact thing? But what I thought was cool this week is when it started, King immediately is like, all right, I'm getting out of here. I've seen this before. <laughs> and then he gets caught on the ramp. And, like, one, I thought that was a really cool visual of the Fiend, like, behind, behind him. him. Yeah, yeah like, I was. I really appreciated that. And... One of the, like my big things about The Fiend was like when he's officially there, I don't need him going after a title. I don't need him in the, the WWE Championship or Universal Championship picture. I want him terrorizing the entire WWE. And I think I even said this to you guys when I was in Italy when The Fiend debuted. And I said, like, all this buildup and, like, all he does is come out and hits his finisher on someone like that that's not enough for me like I was expecting more than that but after seeing like I think King played a really important role in this it's like oh he actually is terrorizing WWE because like when that happens everybody knows what's coming and nobody wants to be involved with it and I was like oh like when you hear that ramp up like you as a fan get excited like oh he's coming and now you know that the actual talent the superstars know what's coming, and they're actually afraid of it. So I think that's really cool. I think that was a really nice touch, and it made me appreciate The Fiend even more. Uh, now, did you have any of those concerns that I had about, like, you can't just do the same thing every time, or you really hadn't considered that yet? 
No, I, I have the same concerns because we talked about last week about him about him like appearing and he has to always have something to do. And you're, 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 you were like impressed by WWE's restraint by not using them. But I just want to know what it means next. But you actually put it into good perspective that he's kind of like wreaking havoc and striking fear in everybody. And King played a good role of like, okay, I'm getting out of there. I've seen this before. So he kind of actually sold me on, on the on him actually appearing on Raw, taking out King because I, I like that. I enjoyed seeing him. Yeah, but I'm like, okay, what's what's right, this like, mean? What is the, what is the point of this? Um, yeah, and I, and I get that. And when I saw that he attacked King, that was because I, I saw it on social media before anything else. And I was like, oh, really? Like, and then my thought was like, I get it. He's like a sentimental favorite. He's an older guy. It's like a little more heat. But then I'm like, you know what? He doesn't really need to get heat that way. And then when I saw the way it played out, I was like, oh, I actually really like this for the reasons I just said. But I. So there's part of me that wanted there to be a reason for who he was attacking, like in the order he was attacking them. Like I wanted there to be a specific reason. But then I started thinking about the Joker in the Dark Knight. And one of the things he says, like if you tell someone like this is going to happen tomorrow, there's like a natural order to it and you don't feel so bad. But if it's just chaos and there is no plan and there is no order, that's when everybody's really afraid because anything could happen to anyone at any time. And so now I'm like, okay, maybe there doesn't have to be a reason for him attacking Mick, for him attacking Kurt Angle, for him attacking Finn, for him attacking Jerry the King Lawler. Maybe there doesn't have to be a reason to everything. Maybe it's just whoever he feels like getting on that night is who he's going to get. I don't know. I, I do agree with you that you don't just need to throw him out there all the time. But I really liked the way that they presented it this week. I thought it was like a nice change. And again, I all credit to to Jerry Lawler for like he really sold like Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like oh, I I'm out of here. I don't want I've seen this before. I don't want any part of it. I was like, oh I love that. Um I don't know what's next for the fiend. I have no clue. Like yeah, neither do I. Does he have a match on the next pay-per-view? Does he even need one? Like, I, does he just do something like what he does on Raw on the pay-per-view? I have no idea. Well, it'd be interesting because since everybody's champion him being champion right now, it'd be, I wonder if he'll get involved in Seth and Braun. So I wouldn't be surprised if they had him get involved with Braun specifically. Like, you almost wonder... Like, I feel like there has to, at some point, be an acknowledgement of, like, him getting retribution on the Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. Like, you almost think that has to happen, or anyone who has, quote-unquote, like, wronged him in the past. But, yeah, I, and honestly, do, like, do you want him in the title picture? Because I don't. Uh, I, I don't, not really. Like, can, but can you can picture him, themselves? and can you picture him, like holding the title up or like, cause to me, I almost feel like that character doesn't care about that. Yeah. And here's another funny thing. I was, every once in a while, I think about Razor Ramon and I think about the vignettes that led up to Razor Ramon's debut. Like I remember that airing every week and, and like seeing the build up to him. And he would always talk about like, what he wants is everything he has coming to him. He wants the fame. He wants the fortune. He wants the WWE title. And, it, like, as an adult, 
looking back on that, it, that's like funny to me. Like the idea that like I'm this guy that you know Razor Ramon. Uh, I have this life in Miami where I'm this like exile from Cuba and I wear these gold chains and I wear these fancy clothes and I get all these women but the one thing I want in my life is to like come and take the WWF title it's like funny to me to think about it that way it just just doesn't strike me as like that would be something the Fiend would care about being the the champion and it, it seems weird to picture him as a champion yeah it's almost like this guy should be bigger than that and it makes him smaller to be like I I'm coming here to terrorize everyone and just be the champion of WWE. Like, yeah, I, it's, yeah, like even though he's been compared to him all the time, but it's kind of like the Undertaker. That's why the Undertaker wasn't champion, but so many times in, in their in his their early inception of mm-hmm. him. Um, last thing about the Fiend, I sent a video earlier. I don't know if you got a chance to watch. I didn't, it. I didn't get a chance to watch it. So. I don't know if that was like a series WWE did where they had wrestlers tell ghost stories, but Bray Wyatt told a ghost story. And I actually saw someone on Twitter post this a few nights ago. It said, apparently Bray Wyatt told us about The Fiend four years ago. And I watched the clip, and he's telling a story about how when Sister Abigail took him and his brothers and sisters in when they were children, you know, she brought us to this cabin in the woods and she told us to to be careful of the man in the woods and none of us believed that there was a man in the woods or whatever and this one day he goes out and they hear something that they think is a bear like the whole day they're out in the woods you know with their slingshots hunting for rabbits whatever the hell the that that family did and he's like eventually i got curious and i went towards the noise and it wasn't a bear at all it was the man in the woods and he talks about him. He was seven feet tall. He had this pale white face, no pigment in his skin. He was white as a pearl. And he had these like strands of blonde hair that went all the way down to his knees. And when he looked at me, he had yellow eyes like a cat. And the whole story is like, oh, he's kind of describing something that looks like what the fiend looks like. And then he says, you know, I was hiding and all I did was like pray like, Abigail, please don't let him see me. And he looked at me with these yellow cat-like eyes, and he was holding my slingshot. And he says he took off and ran back towards the cabin, and he ran in and saw Abigail, and he was like, Abby, I'm so sorry. I thought you were lying about the man in the woods, and but I saw him, and you were telling the truth. I'm so sorry I didn't believe you. And Abby said to me, like, well, what did he say to you? And I said he didn't say anything to me. He was just holding my slingshot. And Abigail looked at me and said, well, of course he was, Bray. Don't you realize? It's his slingshot, too. You know, you're the man in the woods. And I'm like, is this, is he, like, now manifesting whatever the hell this story was he was telling? Uh, now, Grant, don't quote me. If, don't quote me. because I, I remember, I'm not sure if Bray said this or tweeted this or somebody else did. But I do remember a tweet going out saying, I told you about this years ago. Yeah, so I think, so part of that was he talked about uh, a series of promos he did in 2015 or 2016. Yeah, that's what, okay, it was, so it was bright. And he said there were a couple sentences I said that, like, had meaning that nobody picked up on. Yeah. And I think he tweeted out each of those sentences. I don't remember what they were. But, yeah, like, this may be something that he has been thinking about for a long time. Like, who knows? And I don't know if we ever really find out exactly. 
But like hearing that and hearing the description, I'm like, oh, that's kind of crazy that he may have had this idea a really long time ago. And he even said something like when I got close, like the sound and he put his hands up like this and it was like the sound just like rattled my brain or whatever. I'm like, oh, he kind of does that. He did that as the fiend during his match with Finn. Mm -hmm. So it's just like another little like layer to possibly like whatever the hell the fiend is. So so is it like a... Is it like Spider Man three when he had to hit the hit the uh, the pipes to get the venom off? Them? Oh God, I hope I hope it's nothing like Spider Man three. <laughs> oh, one of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen, and and they're so, uh, and they're not all good, but that might be the worst one I've ever seen. Yeah, and then Sony's not with Marvel. They they're part of Spider Man, so yeah, I have thoughts. I have thoughts us. about that for another day. Uh, <laughs> But needless to say, I'm not happy about it. Uh, I'm not either. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, nobody who cares about Spider-Man should be happy. Um, King of the Ring. What like what transpired? Was this anything out of the ordinary of like normal Raw matches? Like what what are your thoughts on King of the Ring to this point? Well, I thought Andrade and Apollo they had a great match on SmackDown in Zelina. My God, Woo. Uh, <laughs> Gorilla. But um, yeah, they had a good match on SmackDown. Cedric Alexander, he defeated Sami Zayn's advance. Uh, Sheldon Benjamin, well, Chad Gable cut a promo about his match with Sheldon Benjamin next week. And Sheldon Benjamin, while Gable was getting interviewed, he put a sign on the door saying, you have to be this tall to compete in the King of the Ring tournament. And uh, I think uh, Samoa Joe also advanced. He defeated Cesaro. But yeah, I thought yeah the matches were fine, but I thought the Andrade and Apollo match was the best match. But I'm I'm interested. Oh, and uh, Kevin Owens was out in the first round because Shane said you can't put your hands on an official, and Shane came out the ringside and had a referee shirt underneath his regular <laughs> shirt. So Shane cost Owens his first match in the King of the Ring tournament. So Elias moves on, but the matches were fine. We'll we'll see how it goes. I'm not mad that Owens got out right away because I think it'd have been well. I wouldn't mind if Owens got to the finals because I think it's Shane got more heat if he cost him the finals. But I think that the fact that Owens didn't advance at all may actually be better. Yeah, because I think it's, it's better like, for his story. Yeah, it's like it's like damn, he could he got him out the he got him out the in the first round. Do you have any feeling about who they want to be the king of the ring? Um, my pick was Galloway last week, but I'm not sure now because Owens is out in the first round. I thought Shane would have caused Owens the, the, uh, the match against Galloway in the finals. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I know, like, King obviously predicted, what, Cedric and Ricochet to advance to the end for Raw. I don't remember who he said for SmackDown, but yeah, I have no idea who they'd like it to be. I have no idea who they, what their intention is for it. Uh, and I also don't know if it's going to amount to anything in the end anyway. I mean, I feel like it usually doesn't, right? <laughs> it dep- depends who they go with, because like, like the, the, being the king could be like a, a really good heel gimmick, but it's all about it's all about who they choose. That's why uh, I said before that it had Galloway or Corbin written all over it. Yeah, King Corbin, I still think would be great. Um, <laughs> I don't have anything else WWE WWE related. So what else, what is there that I maybe missed or like what is something that maybe flew under the radar that's worth discussing if anything 
Well, I'm sure you know that Seth and Braun, they won the Raw Tag Titles. And I know Prep's not a fan of putting the titles on mixed match tag teams to progress a storyline, but I actually love when they do that because they never hold the titles that long. And it's always telling the story of like, okay, I got to have your back, but you have what I really want. So that's, that's always good storyline. And like I said, they'll probably drop the titles back to the, to Alvin Anderson a few weeks in a few weeks that, that happened. Uh, other than that, I don't think much really happened. Our uh, truth was messing up Elias's farewell concert. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you caught that, but yeah, nothing else really noteworthy happened this week. We think we pretty much hit on everything. Okay, so two other wrestling-related things. One is more Matt Madness-related. One is more WWE-related. The first thing I'll do, I'll I'll uh, I'll do the WWE thing. So clearly, there is no brand split anymore. Like <laughs> it's just not a thing. Do you think at Survivor Series this year they should unify some of the titles? I would think uh, I would think the women's title. If you want to unify, actually the women, the women's and tag titles, I think you could unify those. See, I really think they only need one main title too. Um, like if you're not having separate rosters, I don't see a reason to have two world champions. Basically, it just seems silly to me. Well, as of that, well, I'm not sure what the wild card rule is going to be. I'm not sure if that'll still be a thing when they move the box, but. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I I, I think that they'll they could be fine with just two tight with two main titles because even when the brands were first and went before they ended up they still had the two world titles but they ended up unifying women's and tag titles and we talked about the the smack the women the smackdown women's division there's really nobody there with name with name value there at all at the same time they have women's tag titles now so you can actually make more tag teams out of that yeah I just think you either have to have a brand split or not have it. Like this weird middle ground where like anybody could show up on any show at any time, but you're still kind of acting like it's two separate things. I think it's just kind of silly, and I, I think they need to they need to figure it out. Uh, the Matt Madness related thing. Uh, so the the podcast that the unsanctioned I did with did with Richie, I believe, was in July of 2017, June or July. Yep. So over mm-hmm. two years ago. And I specifically made mention, so Richie said something that he liked, that he almost said he was, like, embarrassed that he liked. I think he said one of his favorite matches of all time was, like, Hogan versus Sting. And he, like, I laughed. And he was like, yeah, I know, like, I shouldn't like, I was like, no, I love when you, like, when people embrace the things that they like. Like, we shouldn't all like the same stuff. We're all different people. We all have different perspective. And I was like, like me, I love our truth. I've been talking and I was like, oh, I'm so happy. I listened to a show from over two years ago. (laughs) And I specifically went out of my way to mention how much I loved our truth over two years ago. I know everybody loves them now, but I don't think everybody loved them as much as the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast back in 2017. So that made me, it was like a proud moment when I heard that. Um, Beverly Hills 902, well, BH90210. So good. Did you watch the second episode? Yeah, well, I watched it last week. Last, uh, what was I? I watched it last Thursday. So, so what, good. What are your thoughts on episode two? I thought it was great. Uh, I thought it was great character progression. 
Uh, I love how Tori had to kind of recruit everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, everybody kind of had, like, like, they're, like they're, uh, something they wanted. And it was, like, kind of like a, a personal thing. You know, everybody, everybody can kind of get what they want out of it. And, like, Andrea, she wanted her character to explore her sexuality because that's personal to her. Uh, Jason Priest is going to be able to direct the pilot because that will look good for him because he can't uh, direct the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenny Garth, her struggle with her daughter, is like, okay, you want to be an actress, you got a recurring role on this show, and I'm going to be on you, on you 24-7. Uh, Brian Austin Green, um, <laughs> getting back getting back into acting. And First of all, I know Lala's fine, but she's a terrible actress. She's but, not um, good. <laughs> not at all. Even on Power, she is cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah... I thought I thought it was really good this week. I, I I did I I I wasn't a big fan of the whole uh the stand the the nine hundred two one zero stand that was like okay <laughs> whatever I guess you gotta kind of include that because those are real kind of people mm-hmm. out there who knows that might actually be a that might actually be a real thing they might actually kind of encounter that right. because because like you get people that like hold on to that stuff and. <laughs> And it's like, well, you did this to me, you know, whatever. If you had like a bad experience, but he's clearly a stand. But yeah, I, I I enjoyed the show a lot this week. And even uh, uh, Vanessa Manila apparently the baby isn't uh, Jason Priestley's. Mm-hmm. So I, I was, it's like they had like little small things going on. But I did like the the progression that everybody else took to kind of they got what they wanted to like help like help themselves and improve their lives. So I liked it this week. It's gotten real juicy real fast. <laughs> um, it's so funny because they I feel like they definitely are using the WWE model with this show. <laughs> like, I've, I've been saying for a while, like, Raw is not a wrestling show. It's a show about a wrestling show. Like, it's a show <laughs> about Raw. And this is not 90210. This is a show about making 90210. But at least they admit it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They're digging up people from the 90s and trying to make them relevant in 2019. I like it. That's a WWE thing. Like, we just talked about them bringing back, like, The Undertaker and Michaels and Kane. And they're kind of mailing it in. Like, there's not great acting performances. It's not great TV writing. It's not great dialogue. It doesn't really have to to be acting, though. Oh, no, no. It doesn't. But there's definitely, like, a level of... You guys could do better. Like, this is just... You're just... You're just like, okay, I'll do this, I guess. Like, that's how I feel that they're doing it. Yeah, you'll pay me to do this? Sure, I'll do it. Uh, But there's, like, a certain charm to it with 90210 for some reason. I think because, like, they're all... I think they're all fully aware and on board with what this is. Yeah. Like, there's no... I don't think there's any illusions that it's anything other than what it is. Like, they don't think it's something more than that. Yeah, like you said, they're not, they're not, like we said, they're, they're not really acting, you know, they're kind of like being themselves. So it's not like, okay, I'm back in this role now. And I think there's a charm to it because I almost feel like they're almost looking at this like, well, everybody else is doing this shit, so why not? <laughs> yeah, and uh, Vanessa Manila character did say that, well, oh, reboots are hot right now. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you think of like Fuller House and I don't, I can't even think of any more off the top of my head, but I know there's a lot of people that are doing it. Mm-hmm. Um... But interestingly enough, and you just alluded to this, as much as I could say all those things about it being like shallow and hollow and and all that stuff, 
Like the story to this point, at least in this second episode, was about like picking yourself picking yourself up off the mat. Yeah. And like overcoming adversity. Like, and we all have our own adversity. Like, they all have a different issue they're dealing with, and you get to see that unfold and how they deal with it. And it's like, oh, maybe there is slightly more to this than than what we think there is. Now, I don't. I'm not saying that it's going to be incredible storytelling throughout. I'm not saying. Most of the time, we're not going to be watching it and rolling our eyes at it. But I really did enjoy that second episode. I thought it was a it was a lot of fun, and it was like a good progression from the the first episode. Yeah. And I don't know how many episodes are in this season, but I'm looking. I think forward. it's seven. Seven. Okay, so we have five left. Yep. Well, I'm on board for all for all five that are left, um, and I'm looking forward to. To reviewing it every week on this show. So if you haven't tuned in yet, you're only two episodes behind. I guess probably three now by the time this is released. You should have saw a smile on my face when uh when you text me. Hold up, I'm finishing nine two. <laughs> no, I was dying. Yeah, I can. It completely slipped my mind. I think what I meant to do was watch it at some point over the weekend, but I wasn't really home. And then I just forgot about it. And then I remembered, like, later on, well, like, early this evening, I was like, oh, I got have to watch that. I don't want to miss a week reviewing it. I made the commitment to review this, so I want to make sure I watch it every week. Uh, I may even uh, insert the 90210 theme music, like, underneath this segment. Obviously, if you're listening to the show, you've already heard it if I did it. If I didn't do it, I apologize uh, for not doing it, but I, I may have it like softly underneath us reviewing the show uh, on a loop um one other thing i want to i want to get into uh well let's do listener listener questions first okay we only got one so okay. uh, we have a question from kevin fenty he asks what are you guys favorite scott steiner promos and favorite rick flair promos in wwe wcw and tna Okay, I I honestly couldn't give a Big Papa Pump promo. You know what? I'll go with this one. I'll say the first night on Nitro when he walked out with Buff Bagwell with the neck brace on. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you anything they said, but I, I remember, like, as much as I hated Nitro, that was funny to me. And, like, like I was not watching it, but, like, I vividly remember watching that in my dorm room uh, in college, like with wanting people to turn it back to raw, but like seeing that. And I was like, Oh, I have no idea what happened, but it's pretty funny. And then I think we even ended up reviewing the show that it happened on. It was um, one of the, it was one of those. Yes, yes, shows. Yeah. yeah we did. <laughs> so that's my favorite big Papa pump promo. I'll go with that favorite Ric Flair promo. I feel like it's, it's, it ends. There ends up being like a lot of people gravitate to the same one. So I'm gonna say my favorite promo I've seen Ric Flair do, and this might be sacrilege to some people, but his promo with Jay Lethal, when Jay Lethal <laughs> was saying he was really Ric Flair, that is my personal favorite. Uh, Alo, how about you? Well, I'm not a historian in NWA and early in '80s WCW, <laughs> so. Um... I have a few. Um, when he won the title at the Rumble, I thought that was good. And one specifically, uh, it was when uh, 
Edge and Lita were doing their live sex celebration. <laughs> he came down. I was like, Lita, that's, you need a real man, mama. <laughs> that's down. one of my favorite gifts, by the way. Oh, the whole he comes out and like, smile. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. You hit on the Jay Lethal one. And Scott Steiner and WCW, he did this promo in January of 2001. I believe he like ran through like the, their big, the old big names like, uh, I know one month he'd be Goldberg because he was world champion at the time. Mm-hmm. I know he, I, I believe he'd be Booker T, Goldberg, and Nash, and Sid. And he ran down how he beat, be, how he beat all the big names that they had. WCW has left. I think he was, I think he was about to face DDP at upcoming pay per view. And the TNA one, I know you've seen this, but remember he did math. Mm, I do. I got hundred and <laughs> something ninety-nine chance of winning. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it. It deserved to be mentioned. Um, Well, Kevin, thank you for the question. Always appreciated. Um, Last thing I'll mention. I know I mentioned this movie a few weeks ago. Uh, It opened in select theaters last week. It is finally uh, in more theaters starting tomorrow. Well, now today, Thursday, August 22nd. The Peanut Butter Falcon starring Shia LaBeouf. Uh, story about a guy with Down syndrome who has a dream of being a pro wrestler. And the whole I believe the whole movie is like a story of him trying to get to this pro wrestling school. Uh, I don't know a lot about the movie. I've tried to know as little as possible before I see it. I'm hopefully going to see it tomorrow or Friday. Uh, but if you're a wrestling fan, I would assume you probably will enjoy this movie. I've seen nothing but like positive uh, feedback about it. Uh, I will talk about it once I have seen it. But if you're looking for a movie to see and you happen to be a pro wrestling fan, I can't imagine why you'd be listening to this if you're not. Uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon in its wide release uh, on August 22nd. Alo, anything else from you before we close it out? Yeah, I'll check that out if I get a chance. Um, if it's not, if it's not, I'm not sure if it's probably playing anywhere near me, but I'll find a way to probably see it. I'm actually curious and curious about watching it because i'm behind in my movie watching by the way <laughs> so you got to catch up i am like yeah i still gotta watch i still haven't seen hobbs and shaw uh i want to see good boys i'm gonna see one of those this weekend and um, i'm way behind like a, um, a couple of movies i have on my queue on, on hulu i do want to see good boys i forgot that was out uh so i'll, I'll probably see that too um but yeah, Peanut Butter Falcon is my number one priority on my movie list. Hopefully we'll see it by the time we record again next week. Um, so yeah, hope you guys enjoyed the show. I feel like I'm starting to get back in the rhythm of doing the wrestling podcast again after yeah. a month off. <laughs> yeah, you were great last week. I meant to tell you that. I'm not <laughs> sure if I got, got, got a chance to tell you. But yeah, you were great last week. Well, thank you for that. I felt I felt way more comfortable last week than I did the first week. Um, yeah. So thank you, I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, and I, I'll be and I'll be gone next week. Oh yeah, that's re- right. Repping you guys well. <laughs> get, I'm gonna fit off every day just like you did, Pash. I I cannot wait to see. It. I'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing your your antics abroad. You know what's funny? Uh, what's the name? Um, Angel started doing the Sea Batal. Remember the mm-hmm. Usos war dance? Yeah. Because like we're going to Hawaii. She's like, I'm not stop. <laughs> <laughs> I need a video of her doing that. <laughs> it was so good. I need to see that. I feel like the world needs to see that. 
Yeah, because she, she showed me the picture of the rock getting married because that's when he got married in Hawaii. And she's like, yeah, yeah, the Uso, they related, right? I'm also a Muslim, I'm also <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Well, do your best to try to get that on video. I don't know if she'd be willing to do it. I don't know if she wants the world she to see won't. it. She probably won't. She probably won't. But I'd love to see it personally. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, we're looking forward to the the – Wednesday Night Wars uh, that we're now a part of. Uh, <laughs> Alo, would you like to move some merch? Yes, whatamaneuver.net to embrace the madness. All right, subscribe on iTunes, five-star ratings and reviews for Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr., and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope by the land with elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls, shut the mission, man. It ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.